Zoidberg. What's going on, guys? This is Grapples to Apples, the podcast that talks about everything, and I mean everything, from professional wrestling to football. Now, football. We're going to talk a lot of football on this, but your Jets did a real number for my Giants. We beat the Cowboys. We beat the... Where them boys at? Where them boys? Where them boys? Getting beat. Got beat. Got beat. Getting green, baby. Yeah. (laughs) And in three weeks' time... It's the showdown. It's the showdown. The once in four year showdown. Between Will the Thrill. Yeah, boy. And your boy Shades. Yeah, boy. I'm going to get a little bet going on for you guys again. Oh, man. But we're not here to talk about. No, no, no. We're not here. Some foosball right now. Foosball is the devil. Well, we're here to talk about. (laughs) Foosball is the devil, Bobby. Bobby Boucher. (laughs) We're here to talk about some wrestling. Yes. And where can you listen to us talk about wrestling? Of course, on that SoundCloud.com slash Grapples Apples. That's Grapples, the number two. two apples. Remember, you don't like that SoundCloud? We're also on that Google Play Music or that Apple Podcast. It doesn't matter where you're listening. As long as you're listening. I, we've introduced ourselves already, but let's do it one more time. I am the very sensual. The very toy. Mr. Sunglasses at night himself. Yeah, boy. Shades. Joined by my hetero life mate. Will the Thrill. Ill Will. The Poetarian. Shakespearean candidate. Major English. Whatever you need me to be, that's who I be, because baby, that's who I is. So, Mr. Thrill. Yes, sir. I, I don't, I don't want to. I want to cut you off real quick. Yes, yes. I was talking to Manny Clash this week. Yo, yo. Earlier today. Big ups. He's like, I need to get on the podcast. I was like, what? To rant about AEW? Because I, <laughs> I swear to, to everything. Like clockwork. AEW goes off the air, or Thursday morning. That boy. So that was a match. What about the wrestling? What about the women's match? This Marco Stun guy is that a wrestler? And I'm like, Manny, just, just, did you not see the tag team match? Well, but, but before we get into all that, oh I, I don't want to rant about Manny Clash. Oh I don't want to talk about AEW yet. What I want us to do eh. is ring that bell. All right, so before we get into any of the details of what happened on Raw or SmackDown or AEW or NXT or Impact or Power, there's a lot of wrestling. A lot of wrestling. <laughs> before we do all that, let's let's talk about some news real quick. Um, not a lot going on in the world of professional wrestling in terms of news. Uh, one thing that could be considered to be big, not big, depending on how you look at it, Kicks Road, a subsidiary of Bushi Road, the parent company of New Japan Pro Wrestling, has acquired Stardom. Now, for those of you who don't know, Stardom is a women's professional wrestling promotion based in Japan. A lot of the female wrestlers that you know, either in AEW or WWE such NXT, have either made their come bones. up from yeah, mm-hmm. they made their bones in Stardom, have passed through Stardom. Um, a lot of the women in the Mayan Classic that you may or may not have seen in the last two years, they've all pretty much come from Stardom or have at least gone through stardom stardom is probably one of the biggest female promotions if not the biggest if not if not the biggest all-female promotion in the world so in terms of 
like having wrestling under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. This is a pretty big deal for Kicks Road and for Bushi Road to have both New Japan and Stardom. Now, word is that they're going to be kept separate. When this deal was first announced, some people thought maybe we'd start seeing some women in New Japan. That's what I thought. Some people thought that maybe we'd start to see some sort of other integration. Um, But it looks like as of now, they'll be kept separately, Mm -hmm. will be run separately. The, The head of stardom will remain the head of stardom. Okay. And so all that's changing is... The I, b- I believe their original name was the World the World Sports of Stardom, whatever their that company no longer exists. Okay. But there will be a stardom wrestling promotion that exists independently, and New Japan will continue to be New Japan Pro Wrestling. Excuse me. Independently. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's I don't know. Maybe down the road, maybe we'll get some integration between the two promotions. I have no idea. I'd like to see some women wrestling on at, at like a Wrestle Kingdom. That'd be great. I would love. I, I especially because like the, the 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 Japanese female wrestlers are like they're not bad. Like they're really good. I mean, we've gotten on, in the state side for those who need someone that you're familiar with. Asuka, mm-hmm. Kairi Sane, Io Shirai, all come from Japanese wrestling promotions. Was Shayna Baszler in Shimmer or Stardom? Stardom. Stardom. So Shayna Baszler. I mean, she's not Japanese, but... Right. Shayna the, Baszler. The beginning of her career was all through Stardom. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I also... I always felt like one of the things that was holding New Japan back was her lack of female wrestling. Mm-hmm. To be a fully well-rounded promotion, I feel like you have to have it. I mean, we were talking about Ring of Honor the other week, how like their women's division is not existent. And I feel like to be a well-rounded wrestling promotion, you got to be able to cover all your bases. And they've covered all of their bases except women. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much the extent of the non-WWE news. So, so Shades. So let's, let's go to that WWE news. Talk to me about what's going on in WWE. There's, there's, some, there's some, some rumblings and tumblings and going abouts in the uh, WWE world. Yeah, yeah. Seth Rollins. Yeah. Seth Burn It Down Rollins. Burn it down. Oh. The Universal Champion okay. is out as the champion for. Is captain? Yeah, He's to, out as the captain. I was trying to do an accent there. It failed. Let's move past. <laughs> He's out as the captain for Team Hogan at Crown Jewel. Ooh. Oh no. Whatever will we do? Oh, yeah. Uh, reasons? He will be defending the Universal Championship in a Falls Count Anywhere match against Bray Wyatt. And it probably will end in a disqualification. <laughs> Second bit of news. This is bigly. This is huge. 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 Eric Bischoff has been fired as the SmackDown executive director and has been replaced by Bruce Pritchard. Now, this was first broken on the brand new WWE Backstage show, mm-hmm. which aired Tuesday night after the uh, ALCS game between the Yankees and the Astros. And when Triple H said this, I was like, whoa? Speaking of ALCS, for my Yankee fans, we won 4-1. to 3-2, baby. Let's get this back in Houston. Must you? Listen, maybe next time... next Literally next week- Zoidberg from Future Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next week Friday you're like, hey, uh, what about the Yankees? <laughs> I'm sorry, calling you Zoidberg if you don't. Oh, uh, stop. <laughs> so, 
This was. <laughs> so, Triple H. The, uh, so backstage is going to be basically their, not after show, but like their. Uh, what the heck is the the NFL's thing called? Um, uh, baseball tonight with like what yeah, you call it? Yeah, some, yeah, some, yeah. similar to that. What is it? What's it? What's it um... The NFL does something every week at like noon. What is it called? Red Zone? No, that's the name of their channel, guy. Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whatever. Forget it. Moving on. Was like I hung up on, on semantics or Samantha's. Why? <laughs> I'm sorry, monkey. That wasn't. Why? <laughs> I'm sorry. Why? It's going to beat me up when I get home. <laughs> Anyway, can we proceed? You're the one last one about this backstage. You kidding me? Uh, so yeah, so you were a banana. Okay. All right, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Are I'm you good. though? I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay, good. I'm good. Okay. So yeah, it was announced on backstage. That's it. And I, I, I said that I was very surprised and shocked when they made the announcement because they had just hired. Um, Eric Bischoff, along with Heyman, to be the executive directors of Raw and SmackDown, respectively. A couple months ago? Um, Let's see. This is when I was in Seattle? No. Boston. Yeah. Before SummerSlam. July. Before the July weekend. Mm -hmm. That's when I was in Boston. Mm -hmm. So that's when they announced this. And now it's only been three months, and Bischoff's getting the axe? I think this was a ploy for them not to, like, for... Bischoff to not go to AEW thank you words Mm. can't come out of my mouth right now Um, one AEW doesn't need Bischoff I agree but Vince is crazy like that and he's like oh I can't have Eric Bischoff go to my my competition right now yeah but then what's stopping Bischoff from going there now Mm -hmm. I don't know whatever no clue um but what's interesting to me is that I didn't even realize that Bishop was already doing stuff. Because I remember they were like, oh, he's not going to start really working on anything for a few weeks and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't even... And then we had, you know, they're moving over to Fox. We're going to wait for that. And then it was the draft. So, like, I don't even know if we ever even saw anything that Bishop did. Or did we? I have no idea. And now he's already being replaced by Bruce Pritchard. I don't know. I mean, we'll get to it later in the show, but I'm moving forward with two of Mexico's finest athletes. Rey Mysterio and Kane Velasquez are scheduled to be in a tag team match. Rey's from California. But he's Mexican. Yeah, but he's not Mexico's athlete. But he's... But, but if he was competing in the Olympics, he'd be representing Team USA. But he has, he has Mexican across his tummy. Yeah, I get that. But that but he's Mexican. Kane's not even from Mexico. He's just Mexican. Really? Yeah, he's Where's from California also. God, anyway, proceed. So, <laughs> so California's finest Mexicans <laughs> are teaming up at a WWE live event in Mexico City on November 30th. Because what, what's the best way to sell tickets? Have two Mexican wrestlers be on your show. In Mexico. In Mexico. Why Maybe we'll get an uh, Alberto Del Rio sighting. No, he's actually supposed to fight Tito Ortiz sometime soon. In an actual MMA fight. 
Oh, he's gonna get washed. Well, last time I heard him do an MMA fight, was it like a decade ago? Yeah, Miracle Pro Cop, and he got his butt kicked. That's what I'm saying. He's like, ugh, whatever. And you know, f- good for him. Cause I don't like that guy. Final bit of news: SmackDown only for next week will be moving to FS1 because the World Series will be played on Fox. Now, isn't that something? Hey, let's move you over to Fox. Yeah, welcome to Fox. Two weeks later, yeah, you're going to FS1 for a week. <laughs> We need the Nats and either the Astros or the Yankees. Ugh, the Nationals. I'm telling you right now, if the Yankees get eliminated, I'm rooting for the Nats. No! I'm not, I'm not rooting for no! the No! I'm not rooting for that, the, the Astros, no way. Well, then I have to root for the Astros. I can't root for the Nats. Womp womp. It's gross. So let's move on to... Um, Where, how, how do you want to... Uh, let's want to go, go through the week. Monday, Wednesday, Hi. Friday. I don't want to... So Monday Please. night was the second night... Of the brand new WWE draft to separate USA and Fox's rosters. For the first time, executives from Raw and SmackDown are going to have a say in who goes to her. Anyway. So we start the show with Becky coming out. She's cutting a promo. Charlotte comes out. They have a promo. Charlotte is full on heel now. Oh, she's back to heel again. She's back to, she's back to heel. She's like, Becky, I wanted to be your friend, but forget it. Because blah, blah, blah. I'm on Raw now, and I want the women's championship. Right. So they have a match similar to Monday night, I mean to Friday night, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, where Roman and Seth had a match to determine the number one pick. Charlotte and Becky had a match to determine the number one pick. Oh, wait, is Charlotte on? We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Right. Charlotte was representing SmackDown, Smackdown. and mm-hmm. Becky representing Raw. Mm-hmm. Now, during the match, which wasn't a bad match, but during the match, something occurred to me. Raw has to win. No matter what. Yeah, because you got to go 1-1. Um, yeah, exactly. 1-1-1. You know, so, considering that Raw is going to have three picks for every two picks that SmackDown has, SmackDown can't be the number one pick. Dirt. Because then what are you going to do? SmackDown, SmackDown Raw, 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 SmackDown, Raw. SmackDown, SmackDown, Raw, Raw, Raw. SmackDown, Raw, 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 SmackDown. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So these matches are purely a farce. So, anyway. Well, did it end in a farce like last week's SmackDown? Where the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, cut open the rope and no, there, Seth Rollins out? And Seth there was Rollins no pulling out. Becky to hell or anything like that. But It's not hell, it's the upside down. <laughs> There's no cross-referencing yeah, between no. Stranger Things and WWE, although WWE's writing is Stranger Things. Yeah! All right. So Becky wins, which means Raw gets the first pick because, duh. With their number one pick, they select, well, their universal champion. Because, duh. Seth Rollins. SmackDown takes Brock because, duh. Charlotte goes to Raw. New Day, all three of them go to SmackDown. Way to make Kofi to continue to look like an individual star. And <laughs> Andrade, Cien Almas, and Zelina Vega go to Raw in the package deal. Right after that, right off the gate, we have Almas in a match versus Ali in a very good match because, duh. <laughs> Two guys can go. Exactly. And because Almas was just drafted to Raw, he has to go over as he does. Round two of the draft. Raw takes the current women's tag team champions, the Kabuki Warriors. So now, even if and when they drop the titles, they will be Raw exclusive superstars. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan stays on SmackDown. Rusev. Oh, let's, 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 let's pause real quick. Okay. The Kabuki Warriors. Yes. The WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Yes. Are they still 
only are they only defending it on Raw now? No, or are they the title still being... the title still stays the same where it bounces around promotion. Okay. Theoretically, NXT as well. Um, so it it is still a cross brand title, but the the superstars themselves are exclusive to Raw. So how would they set up a Kabuki Warriors versus let's say a Fire and Desire? The same way that they have been. They but just they have don't... to set it up cross brand or at pay per views. And build with absolutely zero heat. Dude, you're asking the wrong guy. I don't work for this dumb company. You're right. My bad. A thousand apologies. <laughs> so as I mentioned, Daniel Bryan stays on SmackDown. Rusev goes back to Raw. Right? No, he goes to Raw because he was on SmackDown. Remember what he was that whole right, right. So he was going to He's Raw. Go- going, going back, back, back to, to Raw, Raw. Uh, new SmackDown tag, uh, SmackDown tag champion. Nope. <laughs> new, new, renew, gained, regained, old, new. SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey stays on SmackDown because what are you going to do? Have your SmackDown Champion go to Raw? Don't be stupid. And then to close out the ra- the round, Alistair Black. Who's is, that guy? <laughs> the guy in the room. Uh, he gets drafted to Raw. Following this, we have the Raw Tag Team Championship on the line between the Viking Raiders and the defending champions, Rude and Ziggler. The match was what it was. I still don't really like Ziggler and Root as a tag team. But the Viking Raiders, as a unit, will never not be good. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, they win. And they are, I believe, the first tag team that I can think of to win the IWGP, Ring of Honor, NXT, and they are Raw Tag Team Championships. They are. So, congratulations to them for that. Fantastic accomplishment. Um, although it's sad, because when you go down that wheel to see where they've come from and where they've landed. You would think that being on Raw is the big time. Right. But their work as War Machine in New Japan and in Ring of Honor... Was big time. Big time. Compared to what they're doing on Raw right now. Moving on to round three of the draft. Raw takes Cedric Alexander... Smackdown. Cedric. Cedric, I'm sorry. Cedric, I'm Cedric. sorry. My, my, my apologies. Maddie Bizzle. My apologies. Smackdown retains Shinsuke from 205 Live, the soon-to-be defunct 205 Live. Humberto Carrillo. Humberto. Goes over to Raw. Humberto. Humberto. Humberto Carrillo goes over to Raw. Ali stays on Smackdown. And what was a surprise to me, Rowan goes to Raw. They they broke up the uh, the Legend Brothers. Brothers. Now this is an intriguing pick to me for a lot of reasons. They just now are starting to build up Rowan as a legit big boy top heel. Mm-hmm. But he's only had one feud to try and establish that with Roman Reigns, right? Slash Daniel Bryan. Now when he goes over to Raw, has he has he done enough on SmackDown mm-hmm. to take that spot on Raw? No, because he had to start from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Bless you. Bless you again. Sorry about that. Thank you. Um, there's just a lot of questions there. Like, wouldn't it be better served for Roman to stay on SmackDown and continue to build him yeah. as a top heel? Yep. Because, I, I, like you said, I don't know that he has, I don't think he has built enough of a character, enough heel heat to go to the top of the ladder on Raw. 
No, not even close. Because let's face it, when Seth and Bray are done with their feud, mm -hmm. if Seth retains by some miracle, who's next in line? You got to think they got to fit Drew McIntyre in there when he comes back healthy. When he comes back, yeah. Win the Royal Rumble. Right now, there's no clear second. No, because I mean, is Bray really a first? Like you, we've been we've been arguing this fact for weeks already that Bray doesn't need the Universal Title. He doesn't. But the way that they're killing his character, mm. he's going to need something. They're pulling the Bray on Bray. On Bray. Continue. <laughs> Jesus. No. Jesus. No. Just continue. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> Okay, so following round three, we had Alistair Black going up in a singles match versus Eric Young. Now, what I like about what they did on Raw that they didn't do on SmackDown is they had matches to highlight the draft picks that they selected. Mm -hmm. So, Raw picked Andrade Almas. Mm -hmm. Boom, he's in a match versus Ali. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why I said Ali with the Latino accent, but yeah, why not? with a Spanish let's, accent. Let's work with it. Let's work with it. Ali. Anyway, um, they, they get Black in round two. 20 minutes later, he's in a match. You know, so I like that. So he's in a match versus Eric Young, which I felt bad about because we knew where this was going. I mean, EY's not going to win that match. Exactly. I'm like, oh, no, poor EY. And, of course, he loses to submission to Aleister Black's new submission move, which I forget what it's called. It looks interesting, but in all actuality, it's probably pointless. It's like a, it's like a sleeper headlock thing that he does behind his back when he clasps his hands behind his back. While having the opponent's head tucked under his arm. What's what's wrong with the black mass? I don't know. I don't know. I thought the black mass is a fantastic finish. I'm not sure why they're going to the submission move. I mean, I don't mind him he having can hit a it out second. of nowhere on a on a big guy on a small guy it doesn't make a difference. It's 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 an effective finisher. Like why do they, why do you ruin things that are so damn good? Maybe they're worried about him actually connecting. I don't know. I don't mind having a backup or a second finisher. I think some of the best wrestlers in the game have had some sort of secondary. Mm -hmm. You know, The Rock could finish you with The Rock Bottom or The People's Elbow. Mm -hmm. um, Shawn Michaels only had the uh, speech and music. True, true. Kurt Angle had the angle slam or the ankle lock. Mm -hmm. Taker had the, the last ride and the the last raid, the, the last raid, the last ride, the tombstone, Hell's Gate, choke slam. He very rarely, in earlier in his career, he finished people with the choke slam. Right, but uh, Hell's Gate was this is just a go-go plata, but whatever. What, but my point is that he, at some point he was using that as a finish. Jericho has the walls and the code breaker. I don't. I th oh, I, and the Judas effect now. Well, and now he has the Judas effect. So, I'm I'm okay with them having introducing him with a new move mm -hmm. as long as it becomes a second or an alternate and not his only and primary. Because mm -hmm. the Black Mask, to me, is top-notch. Especially when he hits it out of nowhere. Right. So moving on to round four of the draft, Raw takes Buddy Murphy in a fantastic pick. Mm -hmm. Ziggler and Rude go to SmackDown in a, yeah. in a dumb pick. And then we start to get interesting. Much to my surprise, Jinder Mahal Goes to, Raw day Maharaja. goes to Raw in the fourth round. And then the following two picks break up what has been probably one of the most over duos over the last year. Carmella goes to SmackDown while R-Truth goes to Raw. 
And to be honest, I'm not going to lie. This kind of made me sad. Because those two have such good chemistry together. That even if they're doing nonsense, like the 24-7 stuff, they do it well together. Well, there's rumors that um, they're looking to end the 24-7 championship. Already? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's lost a lot of steam. And because they keep putting it on two people. Yeah, it's basically the Drake Maverick R-True show. But, um, Featuring Carmella. Yeah, but uh, there there's rumors. It's just rumors. We don't really mm-hmm. deal in the rumor mill, and I want to right. bring it up, but right. uh, there's rumors that they're going to uh, ixnay the uh, 24-7 championship. So dumb. Anyway, following match, Ricochet versus Shelton Benjamin. And it's funny, because I'm watching the match, and I go, huh, it's Ricochet versus himself 20 years ago. Because, well, Shelton Benjamin isn't as flashy or as flippy as Ricochet. Let's not forget how good Shelton Benjamin Shelton used to Benjamin be. Benjamin was my pick to be the first African-American WWE champion, or the, at least world heavyweight champion. He had the goods for it. He was fantastic in the ring. His problem was his mic work was... And then he got hurt. Yeah. So, very good match, and I love that... I, I actually really like this pairing a lot. Of course, Ricochet goes over with the recoil, and that's that. Following this, we had a... The contract signing for Braun Strowman versus Tyson Fury, where Braun Strowman shows off his strength by slamming his hands down on the table, which then breaks in half because gimmick tables are gimmick. Tyson Fury legitimately gets paid to beat people up. And you know what? He looked like a chump because after Braun does the, the table break spot, Tyson Fury grabs a pen to break it. He has to break it? And it takes him a while, and he struggles. Why? Because pens, the okay, so pens, because of how small they are, have a tighter density. So it's harder mm-hmm. to break a pen. Pencil, it would be a lot easier. Yes. But no, they gave him a thick pen, and he sta- and it wasn't even gimmick, where he's standing there, and then he finally breaks it, where just like the ink rod comes out on one side, and I'm just like, oh. You oh. couldn't get this man a Bic? Right? Exactly! You couldn't get him a crystal Bic? Yeah. Crystal Big's bright. I mean, they break just by looking at him. Oh, my Atlanta. Well, thank God this is a crown jewel sh- uh, uh, promo promo vehicle yeah. for uh, that dumpster fire as opposed to, I don't know, what's the next pay-per-view coming up? Uh, Survivor Series? It's October. No. Because Survivor Series is in November. Yeah, Crown Jewels next uh, it's on Halloween. two weeks on Halloween. Oh, my God, it is Survivor, so Survivor Series. Oh, next my week. God. Yeah, bottom. Oh, we're gonna have Seth versus. Uh, I don't know. Brock. They, they haven't announced the format for Survivor Series this year. They're gonna have Seth versus Brock. Stop it. Like, ugh. Anyway, moving on. Round five of the draft. Raw takes Samoa Joe. Fantastic. Miz goes to SmackDown. Akira Tozawa goes hey, to Raw. Hey, I'm getting picked. Yeah, right. King Corbin goes to SmackDown, and the man who just lost a match, Shelton Benjamin, goes to Raw. After that, we have Buddy Murphy, who again was drafted earlier in the evening, versus Cedric Alexander. These two, they just can't have a bad match. Murphy goes over with the Murphy's Law because obviously he has to. Round six, we have Raimi Stadio goes to Raw. Chad Gable goes to SmackDown. Who? Shorty Gable goes to SmackDown. Oh, yeah, okay. Titus O'Neil to Raw. Elias. To SmackDown, and Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan goes to Raw. Liv Morgan, who we haven't seen on TV since the previous draft. 
that accurate? Yes, because they broke when they broke up the uh, the riot squad. Mm-hmm. No, she's had a match. Maybe who knows? I know Sarah Sarah Logan's had at least one match since. Maybe. Man, the bro them splitting up the riot squad and then Ruby getting uh, the double shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. Worst thing to happen to those girls. Mm-hmm. I just thought when Ruby comes back, they don't like drop the ball on her. It depends on how clogged the um, Raw or SmackDown Women's Championship scene is right at that time. Man. I mean, I, she had the surgery how long ago? Well, remember, she had two. She did the one shoulder mm-hmm. and then did the other shoulder. Shoulder. Okay, how long ago was the second one? Is it, was it a few like months, maybe? Is there time for her to be back for the Women's Royal Rumble? I think so. Could be I think so. I think she, yeah, that makes sense. The okay. final match of the night, which I guess serves as the main event, sort of, is the Kabuki Warriors defending their titles versus the tag team of Natalia and Lacey Evans. The hosh posh team. Of the two women who just finished having four matches against each other on four back-to-back weeks. Sure. Kabuki Warriors win, because duh. And then the real main event segment of the evening is Seth burning down Rollins. Finally finds a way to burn it down. I, I didn't get there yet. I had to. I had to jump it. I'm sorry. <laughs> he finally finds Bray and the Firefly Funhouse, and he and he, and he burns it down. I don't know his song. Go. I hated this. <laughs> it was so dumb. I hate this on so many levels. First of all, why? Okay. Are we kayfabe or are we not kayfabe? I don't know. Because the Firefly Funhouse is just a set in the arena that they're in? That If that's the case, then like every Firefly Funhouse before this just loses a lot of its luster. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Firefly Funhouse has lost a lot of its luster to begin with. For whatever. sure. But if you go back with the knowledge of, oh, it was just a random set and Bray's just been around, that's... That's lame. Remember, he was doing these Firefly Funhouse vignettes before he re-debuted. Mm-hmm. So if this has been on set the entire time, Bray's been around backstage just hanging out. It's not wrestling. It doesn't. It doesn't. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. <coughs> and then Seth finds it, and he burns it down. Come on, man. So first of all, let's just let's just let's just talk about how sympathetic of a heel Bray is. Randy Orton burned down his house. His home, his home, where he lived in. His home. Yes. Including where his sister was buried. Now he's desecrating a, a burial site. Exactly. And now Seth Rollins burns down his his Firefly Fun house. Another house. What? How is Bray a heel when people keep burning down his homes? He's been misplaced twice in the last three years. Right? He's homeless. Is that what Vince thinks of homeless people? That <laughs> they're heels? Burn down the cardboard boxes. They're the bad guy for being poor. Right? Oh my god, what is happening? And what I okay, so all all jokes and anger aside, what I did like was the way Bray handled this scene. So Seth is in there and he's trashing the place, and Bray goes to Seth with the look of of honest despair and goes why are you doing this Mm -hmm. 
And I love that. The acting from Bray was Exactly. From the beginning of when they started doing this, I've always stressed that if they play off the idea of this being two separate people or personalities, Bray fighting within himself with this character on the inside, a schizophrenia type or uh, mm-hmm. or a uh, split personality disorder kind of thing, that would be an interesting character. And so for him to say to breath to to breath to Seth in in this in this hurtful tone, why are you doing this? As if he legitimately has no, no idea. idea. Yeah. Like why he's Seth lost. Would do like this he's in, lost. Because yeah. what what the fiend does, he takes Br- over. Yeah, he, Bray doesn't know what's going on. Exactly. So now he just sees some angry bearded guy burning down his house. His house. And he says, "Why why why are you doing this to me?" And that's it's brilliant. It just goes to show how much layers and and how much texture Bray can bring just so that WWE can squander it. If used properly, Bray can be their top guy. Not in terms of, like, heel or face, but in terms of dynamic. For sure. Bray has shown that he is a fantastic character actor. He reinvented himself twice. Yeah. Husky Harris to Bray Wyatt, Bray, Bray Wyatt, Wyatt to, to, the fiend. to the Fiend. He's like a notch below Chris Jericho in terms of like reinventing himself. The guy has so much money and they just don't see it. Oh. He's a fat guy with tattoos. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so that was Raw. Let's move to some AE dubs. Oh boy. So oh boy. Uh, if you guys didn't notice, Mr. Thrill went through Raw because I had absolutely zero, zero. <laughs> Zero intentions of watching Raw. But, AEW, mm. what mm. a mm. spicy meat the ball that was. <laughs> AEW, well, let's start off with some uh, tag team tournament. Yes. SCU. Taking on the team, the best friends, Chuck Taylor, my boy Beretta. Trent. He's going by Trent now. Oh, no. He, he dropped Beretta. Dropped Beretta? Yeah. Like, Chucky e. T dropped the Chucky e. T. Now he's yeah. just Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor oh, and, and Trent. But before this match, Barretta. the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon, Ray Phoenix, come out, and they put a beating. And I I don't usually cringe often, but when they did the... The package, like, when, when, the package pile driver? When Penta hit the, the package, like, pile driver... CD Christopher Daniels had hit he that hit, he hit that ramp. Either that or he like by a tucked mil- it like yeah. really quick. Yeah, by but, like a millimeter because it looked like he hit. But I was I was legit uh, worried for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have the team of Christopher Daniels and Frank Kazarian going to be taking on the best friends. But because Christopher Daniels had to be taken off in, on a stretcher, who steps in but Scorpio Sky? With one shoe on, and then mid match in jeans, in, in jeans. jeans, ripped to shreds. You guys shredded beef. With one shoe on, at mid match, shoe comes off, throws the shoe into the crowd. <laughs> the crowd throws back. back. I was like, "Come on, <laughs> you don't keep Scorpio's guy sneaker." I kept it. United to my Adidas, like come on, no run, run DMC here. Uh, I mean those aren't those aren't the superstars, but no, but they're Adidas. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah, yeah. I, I feel you. And like <sighs> Scorpio Sky, 
does a diving Topic on Hero, I guess what it would well, be. Topic on Hero, yeah. With no shoes on. Lands on oh, his feet! On his feet. I'm like, how do you not love AEW's tag team division right now? Insane. The match itself, they, they basically cut the ring in half on Frankie Gazarian. Um, well, so they, they played off the fact that they hurt his back in the pre-match beatdown. Mm-hmm. So that they continued to attack his back and he was a somewhat non-factor because of that. He did his thing in the match. Right. We get our patented Chuck Taylor and Trent hug. Mm-hmm. I popped for that, of course. Of course. Because why not? Right. But <clears throat> SCU ends up going over. Mm-hmm. And after I washed down the upset that the best friends <laughs> were like eliminated, I was like, well, SCU going over makes sense so they can keep this uh, Lucha Brothers rivalry going on. Mm-hmm. And you alluded to, these two teams need to meet in the finals. Mm-hmm. They're on opposite sides of the bracket. Yeah, well, the only question mark that I have with AEW's tag team tournament is the Dark Order. Ooh! What the hell are they going to do with the Dark Order? I don't know. What can they do? No one cares about them. And is it SCU facing the Dark Order, right? Yeah. So you have a sympathetic... So for SCU's already super over. Mm-hmm. And then you have the idea of them being a man down because of what happened to Christopher Daniels. Mm-hmm. And they're going to job to the Dark Order who fans don't care about? Yeah, they week after week after week after week, there's absolutely zero reaction for, for the Dark Order. Well, ever since the Dark Order won that the buy match, they haven't even been on TV. No, what I'm saying is there's no... Uh, vignettes, nothing. there's no promos, nothing. there's no nothing. It's when they debuted, it was like, Who the hell are these guys? Mm-hmm. When they had their first match, they were like, Pin drop, okay. And then we haven't seen them since, and it's like, All right, um, I think they've had two matches the debut match, and then the uh, the match to get the bye week, yes, but, but still, in either time, no one cared. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily care about them. I wonder if this time off has been them trying to figure out what to do with them. It's possible. Are they trying to figure... Because otherwise, it doesn't make sense to me that you would keep them off TV. These guys won the, the match for the bye week. You know, they're supposed well, Beretta, to... Uh, Trent and, and Chuck Taylor, the best friends, won a, a, a bye week also. No. There was only one match. There was only one bye and that was Dark Order. You sure? Yeah. Because I thought they had they won that, that tag team, I don't want to use tag team turmoil, but the triple threat tag team match for a first round bye also. Mm-mm. Mm. Oh. There were seven teams, so one of them had to get a bye. Mm-hmm. And that was Dark Order. Mm-hmm. AEW doesn't have a website? Yeah. All yeah, Wrestling.com. Okay. Because I put AEW. Like, yeah, no, that's great to do somewhere else. All right, I got to take my glasses off for this one. What are you looking up, guy? I want to see if they have the bracket up. Oh, I told you the bracket. Shut your pie hole. Do you not trust me? I don't not not trust you. Wait, that was a, like a triple negative. Wait, I don't. All right, don't you know what? I can't not, see it. So, not. Mind. so don't is the first negative. So I don't not trust you. So that's a positive. And the third negative is back to a negative. So you don't trust me. Continue. 
<laughs> okay, so you want me to continue with the... With, I thought you were going to do the whole rundown yourself. Oh, I know. I got the, the, the little back and forth over okay. here, but... It's no problem. It's no problem. So after the uh, the tournament match, we go to Santana or Ortiz. The best! The Bro, best! I'm pretty sure you just gave me a heart attack. The best! Oh my god. The best! The best! Can we... The best! Can we... Can the best! Can we... The best! Can I... The best! Get to the best! That the promo. best! <laughs> All during Chris Jericho's promo, well, I was can like, we get to the, the best! For, oh my god. So Santana and Ortiz have a match against jobbers who they squash. Afterward, they're going up the ramp, and I can never remember which one is Santana and which one is... I think Ortiz is the little one, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, they look up... They point over to the Titantron... Not the Titantron, well, Ortiz. The screen points to the screen he tries to get Santana's attention he's like hey Chris Jericho's got a message for us so Jericho comes out and he's cutting a promo about just how good Santana and Ortiz are and how they're thugs and they don't care and they beat people up and blah 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 and during said promo all you hear is the best the best that's right the best the best the best and I'm like where's Dave Grohl are we about to start the best of you by Foo Fighters like what is happening right now no he's just gonna shout the best at our TV screens for at least a minute straight. At least, at least a minute. A minute straight, just the best being yelled. Fantastic. I think we know who he thinks are the best. Probably themselves. So that was that. So Santana and Ortiz <laughs> are going to be facing the Bucky Boys. Yes. That at was a, full gear. That was the crux of the promo where Jericho said, you know, they're so good that they're going to face, they want to fight who were the best tag team in this company before they got here, which is the Young Bucks. So they challenged the Bucks to a match at Full Gear, which I believe the Bucks have officially accepted. Mm-hmm. So at Full Gear, we're going to have the Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz. And if you don't think that match is going to be fire, mm-hmm. you don't know tag team wrestling. Mm-hmm. So we have, following this, the AEW... Women's World, World Championship. Championship. Riho, defending her belt. Her tiny belt. Against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. In what I felt is another clunky Riho match. Which is bad because she's not a bad wrestler. Mm-mm, but I think means. her size... They don't, like, first, her match with uh, Nyla Rose was kind of a mess because it's both uh, different odds, sides of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. We would think that, you know, Britt Baker would have a better time. Which she definitely did. She did, but for me, there was a a spot that they, they were just rolling on the ground together. And they mm. weren't they weren't doing anything. Mm. And I'm just like, what are they doing? And they separate, and then they go into two corners, and then they wait like five seconds, and they, uh, you know, shoulder collar, collar and shoulder tie up. Mm. And I'm like, okay, what the heck? Collar and elbow. Collar and elbow. Excuse me. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you <laughs> said it. Like, doesn't sound right. It doesn't yeah, sound no. right. I'm doing it in my head. I'm going through a combination. Mm. Collar, collar and elbow tie up. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then at some point, I feel like Britt Baker's getting the upper hand, and she's going to—I don't remember the name of her uh, her submission move. The lockjaw. The lockjaw. Which is brilliant for considering that she's a dentist. Yeah, of course. It's genius. That's like a label lock. Oh, no, it's like a uh, Rings of Saturn combined with the mandible claw. Yeah, it's amazing. She's like her fingers in her mouth. 
Yeah. Like, I'm Coles. Bay, bay, bay. Um, <laughs> so she's trying to go for uh, the lockjaw. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if Riho loses, then what was the point of giving her the belt? Mm -hmm. Why didn't you just have Britt Baker win it? Mm -hmm. But Riho uses her tiny little legs and reverses the lockjaw into a pinning combination for a one, two, three. Riho retains. And Britt Baker and Riho share a passionate handshake. That wasn't really passionate. They just shook hands, sign of respect, mm -hmm. and um, I'm happy about this. I'm happy about this. Um, the outcome. I agree. Uh, I don't think that Riho should be dropping the belt anytime soon. I agree. Um, but what I do need from them is they need to book Riho with, I would say, another Joshi girl right now. Mm-hmm. Just so we can see... Mm. And when I say we, I'm talking about the broad audience who's yeah, watching yeah, yeah, AEW yeah. on Wednesday nights now. Um, see what Riho can do. See, but I think that's where I disagree with you. Because I think if you pair her with another Joshi girl, fans aren't going to care. Because you're taking two wrestlers that fans have limited knowledge about and going, here, watch them wrestle now. All right, so let's, let me be the opposite to that. Eric Bischoff, in the 90s, brought cruiserweights from Mexico, all over the world, yeah, Japan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People that no one knew about. Right. Put them on stage, middle of the card, stole the show. Right. Why can't you do that with two Joshi girls? People know who Riho is already. Because you're, you've already established that you're not separating the Joshi girls from your traditional female wrestlers. Mm -hmm. They're all one world. So now to start separating them is going to feel like what WWE did with their cruiser, cruiserweight division. Mm -hmm. So to me, <clears throat> what's best suited for Riho is you have to find her, someone that she's going to have good chemistry with of the North American girls. But how are you going to do that? Because all the North American girls are like, they tower over her. Imagine so what? Size doesn't necessarily mean that you can't put together a good match. If you have good chemistry, okay, you yes. can make it work. You're absolutely right, but look at the last two matches she's been in. Nyla Rose and Britt Baker. Baker. Right. Britt Baker's match uh, compared to Nyla's was is head and shoulders better, but it was still a bad match in terms of like like clunkiness. So I don't think it, I don't think it was a bad match, but I think there are three things working against Riho in these two matches. A, bit of a size difference. B style difference and C a language barrier mm. because even if your styles don't mix if you can't communicate with each other in or out of the ring it makes it even more difficult to get on the same page yeah so A the fact that Riho is like two feet tall mm -hmm. and then B she comes from a, like the Joshi style which to the naked eye oh that sounds super pretentious um to the casual watcher may not look that different. Mm -hmm. It's very different from the traditional North American style. Mm -hmm. So, when you have that style, clash of styles between what Nyla does, which is she's the monster, and Britt is more technical, versus Joshi style, two different styles. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you add the fact that they can't even communicate with one another because I don't think Rio speaks any English. So when they're putting matches together... There has to be a translator, or they have to go based just physically on what they know wrestling to be. Mm -hmm. And when you have two different styles, well, they, they both have two different ideas of what wrestling is. So I think that's something that's, that is going against these matches for Riho. That's why if you can find someone 
whether it's Ali, I think Ali might be a good fit for her actually. Whether it's Ali or B or um, the librarian, somebody. So one of these North American girls that she, if they can find someone that she has good chemistry with, mm -hmm. then the language barrier doesn't really affect you as much because you get to work off of each other and you can figure it out and then that's how you have better matches. So that's, in my opinion, that's what they need to do. They need to find someone, one of these North American girls, who has good chemistry with her, who can work her style with their style. Who that is on the roster, I have no idea yet. And what we're going to have to do is either they're going to have to do it in, like, not dark matches, but um, training, you know, practice, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it. look, she's the champion, so there's every excuse for her to face every woman on the roster. Yeah, but and then can't see go through a hodgepodge of, like, women wrestling her and just, like, she, because then at, at some point, if she keeps just having, like, difficulty in her matches, no one's going to believe her as a champion. Well, so what I'm saying is, okay, so you have, again, she's a champion, so you have every excuse for her to face every woman on the roster, mm -hmm. right? You start going down the line and see if anyone clicks. And if no one's clicking, at some point... You got to take the belt off. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's like, whatever. She had the reign for a while. We tried to make it work. Didn't work. You drop it to whoever makes the most sense for you or who you think is going to make the most sense for you as a company. Mm -hmm. that's, that's my take on it. Okay. So, moving on, we had a match that was altered by some bad news. Real bad news. What? Who is probably, I think without question, become AEW's biggest breakout star, Luchasaurus, has suffered a hamstring injury. And so, he'll be missing some time, including the match for this week, which he was supposed to be tagging with his boy Jungle Boy, in the tag team tournament versus the Lucha Brothers. Mm -hmm. But because he was injured, taking his place is the third member of Jurassic Express, Marco Stunt. So we had Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt versus the Lucha Brothers. And to no one's surprise, Lucha Brothers defeat Jurassic Express to advance to the semifinals of the tag team tournament. This match was... Um for me, it felt a little WWE-esque, where it was just like, Marco Stunt is there, not for comedic relief, but basically comedic relief. He's just like, yeah. he's a smaller guy, you know? Yeah. Um, I think this was a good showing for Marco Stunt. I think this did a little bit to... Because I think, similar to you and I, I think a lot of people don't really take him seriously. He's also like 4'11". He's like a tiny, skinny dude who flosses. Yeah. And it's just like, whatever, you know? But I think this match did a little bit to to validate him I, if, as it, a if it did, it was probably, it's just, it's so minuscule you don't even notice. I, I'm not saying this was a starting performance. Mm. I'm just saying, because what he does, his shtick, he does well. He sells his bumps like a, like, like a maniac. And the key to someone like him is you got to do the high-flying stuff. Mm -hmm. The head-scissor takedowns, the tornado DDTs, pretty nice. the 450s. He has to rely on that stuff. Yeah. And so doing those, like his tornado DDTs are, like he... They're he, nice, they're nice. He can reverse almost anything into a tornado DDT. Mm -hmm. And so things like that are going to make people go, okay, I still don't believe him, but fine. You know? So, I don't know. Again, I'm not really crazy about... Marco Stunt never really have been, but you've got to play the cards you dealt. 
So there you go. Uh, moving on to what could have been a main event of a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. The Cleaner, Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. Adam Hangman Page, taking on the team of John Moxley and Pac. Did you hear the way Justin Roberts announced John Moxley? Yeah! I was, I was waiting for him to go see now. I was Moxley. I was like, oh my god! I thought that I in was, my bones. I was waiting for a John Cena. And see, but with, <laughs> see, but with Cena, he emphasizes the J. With Moxley, he emphasizes the O. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, Justin, he's so good. Yeah, he's he's Justin like, Roberts is such a good ring. Like the answer. modern day Howard Finkel. So good. So we had Kenny Omega and. Hangman Page taking on John Moxley and Pac and Bastard Pac, the Bastard Pac. Excuse me. <laughs> in what my monkey said, is this a pay per view? Because mm. this has a pay per view feel to it. How when we were watching Hell in the Cell, mm. it felt like another Raw. Mm-hmm. It's like wow, they did a really good job at like building this match to be like the match. Because you have two feuds. Going on simultaneously mm-hmm. with another one brewing mm-hmm. without you even knowing that it's brewing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, after, during the match, yeah. th- at the conclusion of the match, you're like, oh, so Kenny Omega, in my eyes, doesn't have a bad match. Agreed. Hangman Page. Hangman Page. He's right. not bad. He's not good. He's not bad. He's not good. You know, he's got work to do. He's got. He's. He needs some polishing. Mm-hmm. Okay. John Moxley. Man, that, this dude is from the new gear. No pun intended. John Moxley has de- definitely done a good job at shattering that Dean Ambrose mm-hmm. shell. One hundred percent. And Pac is Pac. Right. But so, Ambrose is dead. So these men put on. Match of the week for for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the closing of the match because that's where it really like picks up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a, there's some turmoil between Moxley and Pac. Two guys don't need a partner. Mm-hmm. Moxley loose cannon. I don't need to work with you. You don't need to work with me. We just have a common goal in beating these two guys. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along that match, that common goal gone not so common anymore no it's not moxley hits what's it called the death rider no in japan it's called the death rider well not anymore oh, oh when you mentioned that oh yeah that moxley had to relinquish the uh the united states championship yeah because of quote-unquote travel issues yeah yeah travel, travel issues, issues. <laughs> anyway um no it's EW called the traveling to japan <laughs> <laughs> the Paradigm shift. Paradigm shift. That's a dumb name. Really? Yeah, I like the I Death like Rider. It. No. Yeah, yeah, you know, I know. It's so gimmicky. Death Rider. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so Moxley hits the paradigm shift on Tupac. Well, you got to set it up because the why he does it is so important. Okay, so Moxley brings out the barbed wire broom for Omega. Oh yes, yeah, and, and the barbed wire bat for himself. This. And he's ready to square off and do this. Now, remember, this is a standard tag team match. So, disqualifications are in order. Mm-hmm. So, Moxie's ready to go barbed wire to barbed wire, and Pac stops him. First, he kicks Kenny so that pa- so that um, Moxie can't do it. 
He takes the bat out of uh cuts his hand. By the way, yeah, uh, gets the uh, the the bat out of Mozzie's hand and starts yelling at him, saying, "Think about what you're doing. Use your head. We'll get disqualified." Mm. And this, and I think, is so important because it shows what was once a common goal is common yet different. Mm-hmm. They both want to beat these two guys, but Pac understands that wins and losses matter, and he doesn't want to lose. Yeah, because he's he competitive. Want, yeah, he wants, he wants to win. Championship he match. wants the championship. Exactly. Moxie wants to kill Kenny Omega. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All Mo- Moxie wants Moxie. Moxley wants blood. Pac wants gold. Mm-hmm. They both have the same target in mind, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So he's telling him, "Think about it. Don't want to get a DQ." And then that's when Moxley goes, "Double birds." And two finger salute. The two finger <clears throat> salute. And then the paradigm shift and walks off and leaves. And then we get a uh, V-trigger, buckshot lariat, one, two, three. Deadeye. The Deadeye, that's what he hit. I wanted Kenny to hit the uh, one-wing angel, but he didn't. Most protected move in all the professional wrestling. I mean, wrestling. if Pac's not going to kick out, why not just do it anyway? Give the fans what they want. See, I'm dying for it. Exactly. But that's I'm exactly. dying for and it. And that's why he hasn't hit it yet. Oh, but you're going to love it when he hits oh, it I'm for the championship. Oh, my God. I will. Ugh. When he hits I'll it in pop. Madison Square Garden. I'll pop. I'll pop. I'll pop. I'll, I'll walk around one arm the whole time. <laughs> so bring us home to that, 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 that very, very entertaining main event. So the main event was Darby Allen, who won the opportunity to face Jericho last week by defeating um, Jimmy Havoc, going up against the defending... Le champion, Le champion, Chris Jericho, in a Philadelphia street fight. Now, I have a bone to pick with AEW, mm-hmm. but I also give him a slight pass. It's a Philadelphia street fight, which is supposed to be no DQ, no holds barred, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Now they try to bail themselves out by saying, by commentating, by the announcer saying, very early in the match, it's a Philadelphia street fight, but rope breaks and submissions still apply. And so that's kind of how they let themselves get away with a lot of stuff in this match, but it's still like still phony baloney. Yeah, Philadelphia, any sort of street—I don't care if it's called it a Philadelphia street fight or a New York street fight. Street fight means no rules. Yeah, which means no rope break because the whole point of a rope break is if they count to five and they don't release, there's a DQ. DQ. Yep. But if there's no DQ, then how does rope break matter? So now that we've established that, the part of the story was Darby Allen using the ropes and his ring awareness to escape the Walls of Jericho, pinfall from the, from the uh, oh my god, I keep wanting to call it recoil, that's not his name, Codebreaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and other moves by Jericho, he uses the ropes a lot to evade losing. Now, the match to me gets very interesting and becomes Darby Allen, this is your show. Yeah, it becomes the Darby Allen show. When Jericho decides to duct tape Darby Allen's hands behind his back. Can't can't reach for the ropes if you ain't got no hands. Exactly. That's supposed to be the brilliance and cleverness of, of Jericho. And Darby Allen decides, cool, don't need hands. Headbutts Jericho, does a suicide dive through the rope without hands, which by the way, takes so much guts. Mm-hmm. Because wrestlers. Yeah, there's use no way to brace yourself. Exactly. A, you use your hands to guide yourself. B Sometimes a lot of wrestlers use your hands to put, to catapult themselves through the ropes. And C, that's how you use yourself to break your fall, either on your opponent or on the floor. With no hands, 
you're just going for it. I mean, and, Jericho woo! Jericho did a very good job at at, at walking Darby through the match mm-hmm. while his hands were ho- tied behind his back. Right. Because you can see it when like Jericho's like going in like sort of like a headbutt. Mm-hmm. He's he's giving him cues, Good and then they're just like they're just progressing through the match. Mm-hmm. So uh, we all know that Jericho is, if not, and Walter's gonna kill me, the best ring general. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Ever, like ever. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely up there with one of the the top ring generals in the history of professional wrestling. So the way that he, him and like, so I got nervous because Darby, Darby Allen doesn't really care about <laughs> putting his body right through the ringer. Right. We've seen it with the coffin drop. We've seen you know matches like I, I get scared when he does stuff like that because he's twenty two years old. He's a very young kid. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, don't do anything. To shorten your career. To shorten your career. Yeah. Don't go crazy. Right. You're entertaining us already with, with the stuff that you're doing, but with the hands behind your back. Mm-hmm. Don't go overboard. There's no need to. Right. For me, um, where I felt like this match lost me was the outside interference. Like, right. it was it was it wasn't necessary. I 100% agree. Uh, you have uh, Jake Hagar. Hagar. Jake Hagar. Uh, Darby Allen goes up to the top rope and Jake Hagar throws him off and then Jericho hits the uh, Walsh Jericho and for me it was a weak move because you don't really want to see Darby Allen give up Mm -hmm. that's supposed to be his whole shtick like I I don't give up blah 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 whatever let me ask you something because I missed this did he mouth the words that okay, he was so because up? the camera I didn't see that. The camera angle was really bad. Right. Where it was low angle, Jericho's uh right leg is basically blocking mm-hmm. Darby Allen, and the ref is just looking at him and then rings the bell. Right. So okay, so that's what I caught. And I know they ruled it a submission. I thought, my thought was, and and my thought for this is because JR set this up earlier. When referee's discretion? Yes. Okay. When Jericho mm-hmm. tied his hands up. JR started saying, you know, uh, Aubrey Edwards needs to start thinking about if he can continue to defend himself. He can't get his hands up. Mm-hmm. When do you stop the match for this poor boy? Like, that was kind of the story that JR started to tell. So to me, I never saw him give up verbally. I took it as Aubrey Edwards said he can't defend he's, himself. Yeah, he's not going to be able to tap. He's not going to be able to do exactly. anything. Exactly. Okay, he yep. can't tap. He can't get out of this. He can't get to a rope break. I gotta call this for him. Mm-hmm. That's how I took it. Okay. Yeah. That's. I, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. That's. I didn't catch Jr. saying that. Okay. Um. But they did uh, allude to uh, week one. I think their first episode was uh, referee's discretion. Right. So I was just like, all right. You know what? Once you started like explaining it, I was like, hmm. That's what you did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know. What? I, I mean, so, I could be wrong, and I could be just being an apologist and, and helping AEW sell their case right now, but that's the way I saw it. But even if it is, that's a great way to sell your case. Yeah. That's a great way to sell your case. So that was AEW. Uh, let's, unfortunately, I'm not going to lie, although I recorded it with the intention of watching it, I did not watch NXT this week. Uh, what I do know is Tommaso Ciampa made his in-ring return. 
against, oh man, I said his name earlier. Oh, uh, Garza. Um, I know that Pete Dunne and Damian Priest had a match, which was supposedly very good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's unfortunately all I really know in regards to NXT this week. I actually didn't get to watch NXT, but between watching AEW live and then work, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't catch up on NXT, but. Uh, we'll be better. You know, we're going to yeah, yeah, try yeah. to cover NXT for you as well. We apologize to you guys. You know, we do know it's the Wednesday Night War. We do know it's AEW versus NXT. And it kind of seems one-sided right now for us. 100%. But we, we you know, give us a, give us, give us a, give us a break. We'll, we'll get there. We're working out the kinks. We're working out the kinks. Let's move on to Friday Night SmackDown. Do we have to? Yeah. So, we start with Roman Reigns versus Shinsuke for the IC title. And... Everyone automatically said as soon as the match was announced, Roman was going to win big, the Big dog, big IC champion. Luckily, that's not what they did. And we were talking about, like, oh, well, how can they get out of this? Well, I was like, well, you have Sami Zayn who can interfere, and we can go that way. Mm, While yeah, Sami Zayn did interfere, that's not how we, that's not where we got to. No. Instead, it was Baron Corbin who interfered which, and hit Roman with the scepter. Which was my confusion. I was, I was like, why? Right. And then they explained it, which WWE doesn't usually do, which mm. I was like, well, thank you for doing this. Because <laughs> I, I, I was, for me, it was like, this is so left field. Like, why would Baron Corbin interfere in a Roman Reigns match? I thought it was a bit of a stretch explanation. But oh, no, like, it was at, it was an, uh, it was a Space Jam Michael Jordan stretch. <laughs> where Corbin wants revenge because The Rock embarrassed him two weeks ago on SmackDown. And Roman Reigns and Corbin have been going back and forth. On, on Twitter, Twitter all day. Yeah. And I was like, ah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Why not? Shinsuke <laughs> keeps the belt. That's all I care it's, about. It's really. like at this point, you just go, fine, whatever, fine. And what does Will the Thrill do? He goes, yeah, we're either going to get a tag team match tonight or next week. Happen tonight. Yeah. Happen tonight. <laughs> happen tonight. But before we, that, be, that was the main event. Uh, that became the main event of SmackDown tonight. After that, we had. <sighs> Shorty Gable in a match versus Curtis Axel where it was pretty much short work. Got Gable, uh, got Axel to tap to the ankle lock. After the match, there's a promo where Chad Gable, I'm sorry, Shorty, Shorty Gable, Gable. Starts to embrace the Shorty. Is embracing the Shorty, how people always picked on him, but he's not ashamed of who he is, blah, 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 blah. And says, I am Shorty Gable. You know what? Let's Shorten that to Shorty G. We finally and, get the Shorty G sighting. And it was at this point that I legitimately turned to you and said, can we please stop watching WWE? Mm, 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 mm-hmm. Anyway. Moving so, on. We had a six-pack challenge. Nikki Cross, Carmella, Fire and Desire, Lacey Evans, and Dana Brooke. Six-pack challenge for the number one contender spot for the SmackDown Women's Championship. We're just going to gloss over Miss TV? Uh, and how he was slicing and dicing Bailey. I got nothing from that because I, I, we were watching it live. And I was like, wow, this is such a poorly... Well, you said it. I was like, I, I don't like this promo right now. Oh, it was, it's a horribly written promo. It was a poorly written promo for Bailey. Mm-hmm. She she did the best that she could with it. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was like, there's more emotion coming out of Sasha than Bailey. Bailey's emotion wasn't authentic, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's it, it seemed too fabricated. She's just like, um, 
she kept referring to they. Yeah, they and them. They and them. She never directly said the fans. She never said uh, backstage. But what she did do was deliver a poorly written promo while The Miz probably wrote his own stuff and cut her to shreds. I was just about to say, you can tell the difference between someone on script and someone with liberty. Because The Miz felt natural. Mm -hmm. It sounded natural. Mm -hmm. It sounded like he was legitimately cutting barbs off the top of his head. Because he even kind of like... I feel like when you're going back and forth with somebody, you might stumble once or twice, or you might kind of like flub a word or two. Mm -hmm. And like he was delivering it like he was legitimately taking shots at Bailey, Mm -hmm. where Bailey didn't really address anything he said because she's coming from a script Mm -hmm. that doesn't acknowledge what he says. Because how can they? She can't. She can't improvise. No, no shot. If she does, she's off TV for like a month. No, and I'm like, yeah, I'm saying like she she doesn't have. It's not that she doesn't have the ability. We we don't know if she does. she doesn't have the luxury right and the 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 rope to actually be able to improvise on because you're right now that i think about like thinking back on it i'm like while the miss is just cutting her to shreds sasha interacted with one of the things that he said one thing but bailey kind of like i don't hear anything you're saying they them you got playing the pronoun game exactly it's like all right um you could tell one person was scripted, the other one wasn't. And I was like, all right, so... And it's a bad look. But... But anyway, so yeah, so that led to the... the well, it led to Nikki Cross coming out to cut a short promo. Which is ruining her character. Which led to Dana Brooke coming out to sh- cut a short promo. About flexing. Uh, what's she called? The flexation? No. Flex appeal. Flex appeal. I like that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it was pretty fly. I like that. Pretty fly. And I then like we, that. like get Lacey Evans come out and I'm like is every woman going to get a chance to talk like thankfully not no thank thank god thank god they all walked to the ring Uh, basically Fire and Desire teamed up for the entire match beating up all the girls Uh, Sonya Deville hit a very stiff knee shot to Carmella and I guess they were supposed to continue that, but Carmel was like, "Nah, I'm out. You hit me mad hard. I'm. I gotta. I gotta sit this one out for yeah, a minute." Back. Yeah. Um, the match was the match. I mean, we going into it, we thought Carmelo was gonna win this. Yeah, I thought it made the most sense for Carmelo to win it. Um, especially because they played that Carmella and Bailey were like legit friends backstage. They could have easily played Carmella being like, "Yo, like, what's going on? Who are you?" And that being the field. Why am I better at this than WWE is? Yeah. Isn't that, a, isn't, that, isn't that a more compelling story to have Carmella work as a surrogate for the for the fans and try and, and, and get at Bailey as to why she's being this way? Versus, she doesn't owe us anything. Exactly. She doesn't, owe, she doesn't owe us anything. But Carmella's her best friend. I thought Sasha Banks was. Or she's a friend or a good... They can play this off. You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. She may not owe the fans anything, but she owes Carmella something. You know what I mean? Like, why not tell? Why not go there? I don't. I don't know. Whatever. Stupid. And so frustrating. Well, you said that Carmella's a no-brainer. No, I thought it was a no-brainer. No one else is going to win this match. I say, ah, don't be surprised if Nikki Cross wins. And you were one hundred percent right. And Nikki Cross Cross won won with the swinging neckbreaker with the crossroads. Different move. Crossroads is. Reverse. Swinging neckbreaker. 
Reverse. It's a swinging neck breaker. But it's though. a different neck breaker. It's a reverse swinging neck breaker. But, okay, but it's still it's different. A, it's the crossroads. No, it's not. It is. As a matter of fact, her move is the same as Elias' drift away. Yeah, it is. It's exactly. So it's, it, it is it the is drift the, away. It's a drift away. Right. Yeah. So if you're going to, you know, it's a drift away. Okay. But crossroads sounds better because it's Nikki Cross. But she's not a Rhodes. Yeah, but it's the road in, like, the cross. Oh, I sound like Bizzle now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after this was the six, no, eight man tag? Uh, yeah, basically showing off their tag team division, which is still pretty sad. The New Day and Heavy Machinery versus The Revival and Rude and Gable. So that happened. I mean... Who this, won? I don't even remember. Uh, the New Day and Heavy Machinery because they oh, hit with the, the up, 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 down, down. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't care. This is just uh, the showcasing the teams for tag team. The biggest tag team turmoil match in history at Crown Jewel. Like, yawn. I don't care. Fact. All the facts. And then you had the main event, which was a tag team match between Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns taking on Baron Corbin and Shinsuke. And Didn't we get one more match in between? No. You had the promo off between Gulak and Strowman. Okay, yeah. Which was, I mean, technically it was a match. Braun Strowman picked up a pinfall victory versus Drew Gulak with the running power slam. Impressive. Poor Drew Gulak. Well, welcome to the main roster, kid. He's a lot of lack. Stop! Nope. Say it ain't Drew. Oh, stop it. That was better. That was so much better. That was so much better. <laughs> so, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan win the tag team match because duh because duh <laughs> like, like that's it. we didn't need this match we could have done with the there was nothing of note like everything was so predictable we got the Roman spear through the barricade we got the, the out of focus Superman punch the, uh, uh, the camera work this week was horrendous shoddy at best they missed so many spots throughout the entire show but yeah Roman Reigns and uh, uh, Daniel Bryan come out with uh, the victory. The dub. And uh, we went off the air, no? That's it. We went off the air. So now before we go off the air, we want to introduce a brand new segment to the show. Yes, sir, we do. So, what would you say? Every apple has a good seed. Has a bad seed. But they're seeds nonetheless. Yes, they are. And they either grow to be something great... Or they don't grow at all. So, what we want to do on this show is introduce you to the good seed or the bad seed. We'll where start, We'll start spreading our seed. Where, where Shades and I will we'll pick one good and one bad each of the week. Something that we thought was the best thing that happened this week and the worst thing that happened this week. It could be a match, it could be a wrestler, it could be a promo, it could be anything. So, welcome to the first edition of Good Seed, Bad Seed. I would say planting seeds. Planting seeds. Let's call it planting seeds. Planting seeds. You want to go first or should I go first? I'll go first. All right, go ahead. Give me your good seed. My good seed. And again, our bias is showing a little bit, but my good seed goes to Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, John Moxley, and Pac for having, again, the best match of the week. Pay-per-view quality match on a weekly episodic show. Everything about that match, 
hard hitting. You 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 had uh, dysfunction between at least one of the tag teams. It had every storytelling. It had future storytelling, current storytelling, past storytelling, <laughs> storytelling. <laughs> it had storytelling. Something that we've been missing from wrestling for a very long time, at least weekly wrestling for a very long yeah. time. Before then, the only place you really had it was in New Japan. And but they're not weekly, you know. That's what I'm saying. In terms yeah. of like true storytelling, long term booking, New Japan was where you had to go for that. So my good seed goes to AEW's uh, penultimate, yeah, main event match, penultimate match. And your bad seed? My bad seed goes to WWE in general. Oh, jeez. Talk about broad strokes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, excluding NXT, because I didn't get to watch it, and I'm pretty sure that NXT didn't put on a bad show. Right. But, um, there. you know what? Let's just go... I'm going to generalize it. My bad seat is the draft. Okay. Where they... I, I didn't need it. I wasn't excited about picks. I mean, Raw did a better job than SmackDown did in terms of, like, highlighting their talent. Like, mm-hmm. they drafted, but I, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. The, the champions from each respective show stood on the show, mm-hmm. so why even give them a pick? Mm-hmm. Those picks could have done something for anyone else. Right. And then Raw did nothing to capitalize. Like, there was no... No story building. The right. only story building we had was Seth burning down Rollins, burning down the Firefly Funhouse. Mm. So now the Fiend and Bray Wyatt and all his puppets are homeless. Puppets are dead, probably. I'm sad. Didn't think of that. Yeah. So, Mr. Thrill, give yes, me your, plant your good seed. So my good seed for the week goes to the skateboarding... Darby Allen. Darby Allen. This was a star-making performance for him this week. Uh, he had a great match last week, but this week he really went and showed that he wants to be and can be a star in AEW in the future. Mm-hmm. His match with Jericho was fantastic. I thought he had a great performance, and I was very happy to see what he did. Star-making performance from Darby Allen this week. Now, my bad seed goes to the aforementioned Firefly Funhouse segment from mm. this week's Raw. Okay. As I mentioned previously, Seth burning down the Firefly Funhouse does so much undoing of previous segments and does a lot of harm to future segments and really, really, I think, hurts the Bray Wyatt character. The only way I can see them redeeming this is if this turns The Fiend even more sadistic um, and the only positive that I saw from what I did see was the acting work from Bray Wyatt so removing Bray from the from the equation the Firefly Flunhouse in itself is getting my bad seat for the week okay so ladies and gentlemen please feel free to give us your good seeds and bad seeds for the week so we can plant your seed right in us I'm not even gonna. And anyway, please give us your good seed and your bad seed so we can plant a whole tree or a whole garden of trees. Because we want to hear what you have to say. Forest, so the forest of trees. A whole forest of trees. Now that's going to do it for this week's episode of Grapples to Apples. 
As always, you've been listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples to Apples. That's Grapples the number two. Apples, you might be catching us on Google Play Music or on Apple Podcasts. Doesn't matter where you're listening, as long as you're listening. Don't forget to check out our social media pages. That's Facebook.com and Twitter.com slash Grapples to Apples. That's Grapples the number two. two. Apples, again, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your comments. We want to see your liking stuff. Show us your videos, whatever you want to do. And don't forget to give us your good seat and your bad seats. We keep fighting those seats together. As always, I've been one of your hosts, Will the Thrill, Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, Ill Will, whatever you need me to be. That's who I be, baby, because that's who I is. Joined by my hetero life mate. The man of the hour. Man with the power. Too sweet to be sour. Cream of the crop. Rise to the top. Yeah, boy. Shades. And we will catch you next week. Don't forget to keep listening. Because an apple a day is a bad wrestling. Peace. Peace and love.